All right, welcome into the latest edition to hear that podcast. Rallin, Paul Eater Jr. of The Athletic here with you as uh, the Bengals lose 27 to 24 to the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, it is a busy day out here. Uh, there's a lot to get to. There's a lot to talk about. The Bengals are 0-2 once again. There was no rain to blame. There was no uh, fact that they had gone through an entire camp and preseason without working together. Um, although that was still part of this conversation. Um, but there is still Joe Burrow's cast. It started on July 27th in practice. And here we are now. On September 17th, still talking about Joe Burrow's calf, which he said after the game, he tweaked. It came on the second to last offensive play of the game. And right before the touchdown pass to T. Higgins, afterwards, he kind of limps off the field. He goes to the sideline, a quick check-in from a trainer. Next thing you know, he's got the, like, the hand massager thing out on working it on the calf. Said after the game, the plan was for him to go back in. If the Bengals had gotten back out there again, they didn't because Lamar Jackson helped the Ravens put the game away and take a knee. Um, but that's kind of the end of where the positivity over this was post game because this was not. Um, Joe Burrow after the game being like, okay, yeah, cast the thing, work through it, manage it. It was good enough. That's what we had last week. Last week in Cleveland, we got, oh, it's good. it was good enough. It's fine. This we got concerned. I mean, there's no way around it. This was a guy concerned about what happened to his calf. He said, I tweaked it a little bit again. Note that word again. This has kind of been an ongoing thing. It would have to be an ongoing thing for us to still be talking about something that happened. On July 27th, and he looked just fine out here uh, on what, August 13th, the day of the Packers game before the game. A lot has happened between now and then. You know, and kind of talking about it, he said, I, I, we got to wait and see how I feel. It doesn't, it doesn't feel great right now. It's pretty sore right now, he said. There's no telling how it's going to feel. So I think we're going to take it day by day. That's not great. Um, talking about how it felt, he kind of went into it again. It's tough to tell. You have some of those days, but it's hard to give you guys an answer on everything until the next couple of days. We give it a couple of nights, a couple of sleeps, and we'll see. We'll go from there. I, I sort of asked him if if this is this was the first time you have tweaked it. I mean, he used the word again, but we'd not heard about that, and he kind of uh, evaded it, pointing out that it's always ongoing with these things. And when there was a follow-up, are you worried about this being something that's going to be going on all season, having to manage this? And I don't know. It's tough to tell. Tough to look into the future and see that. I'm doing everything I can to get healthy and get the thing the way I need it so I can go out and perform the way I need to win. We'll see. Oh, you never want the we'll see. The bottom line is he's frustrated. Joe, uh, you know, blamed himself for the red zone pick, saying he should have seen Geno Stone on really a 
the most critical play of the game probably. And then to have a tweak on top of it and be sitting there 0-2, he was a frustrated guy. He's frustrated with this calf thing. They're still not under center. He's still not really rolling out. He had one play where he was able to kind of really get out of the pocket and make a move. That and He said that was confidence-inducing, but there's no doubt that they're limited in what they're doing right now. And so it, it, this continues to be a thing that we're going to have to track during the week. And it certainly was concerning to hear him talking like that. Um, here in the live room now, uh, I just wanted to make sure I let you know if you have a question that you want to drop in. I'll get to questions here in a little bit. I want to kind of go through the game a little bit, walk out style here first. If you have something you want, drop it in the chat. Go up into the stage queue and, and I'll get to a couple uh, after we get through some of the other takeaways and some things that we kind of saw and heard after this one. Here's the thing. Let's try to let's try to separate ourselves from the calf tweak conversation because we have to. And let's just talk about 0 and 2. And let's talk about what we've seen here. What what we saw was two more drives that looked a lot like last week. And then I felt like we saw the Bengals offense. I, I felt like we saw a team that looked like it could do what it wanted, that moved the ball pretty consistently. You know, those first couple of drives weren't great. There was holding penalty. But then once they, that drive that got the field goal right before half, you know, Rakyasin knocks the ball away from Jamar Chase and what turned out to be a huge play in the game when the Chase kind of had. One-on-one Jamar Chase versus Rakyasin, you got to win. And they weren't able to connect on it. And then... You know, you have the interception in the red zone. One bad throw from Joe, but then you had a touchdown drive, another touchdown drive in there. That three and out where Irv Smith couldn't get out of the cover zero tackle by Kyle Hamilton. But they moved the ball a lot. It, everything looked a lot more natural. It looked more the way it should. You know, Burrow after the game said, yeah, well, it's not. you're not going to get off to a fast start when your quarterback doesn't participate in camp. It was as definitive as we'd heard about that pointing out he doesn't didn't feel up to full rhythm and well it, they looked more like it and I think that's maybe the encouraging takeaway you have was a lot of what they were doing offensively did seem to come around it did seem like they knocked off the rust and were doing some of the things they wanted to do they found the connection with T Higgins Burrow was hitting spots deep in the middle um you know so I, I think that had a very Dallasy feel which I thought this game might have Dallas last year week two was nowhere near as ugly you saw them in the second half really start to figure things out even though a game they lost I felt like there was the signs of them taking the step forward um offensively and putting some of the early rust from not being a part of camp behind them so I I do I mean they were 10 of 15 on third down the one big red zone mistake they had seven possessions it's the kind of game Ravens play you know, a team that gave him trouble last year, they, he was, they were able to move the ball on him. So I don't think that's a lost. I don't look at it. While there were missed opportunities and mistakes and issues that you're certainly trying to figure out, you know, they, they ran the ball with some efficiency. Joe Mixon's looked pretty good. They got everybody involved on multiple drives. They haven't been able to hit over the top yet, but Baltimore wasn't really letting them do that. So 
I don't, you know, the, the line protected pretty well today. I don't really come away thinking like, man, this offense is in shambles. This offense is never going to write the ship. I think you're seeing them write the ship and get it going the way you expect it to. To me, what's been surprising is, is seeing the defense not be able to get stops. You know, Lamar Jackson played great, first of all. I mean, you, at a certain point, you have to give credit to the Ravens playing well. They were down. I mean, they're down everybody, right? No Ronnie Stanley, no Tyler Linderbaum, no Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, no J.K. Dobbins. Queen goes down at one point today. But there was Lamar out there making plays when they had to have it. And the Bengals get run on again. I know this is who Baltimore is. I know they're a good running team, and that's how they like to play. 37 for 178, 4.8 per carry for the Ravens today. I mean, after what we saw last week where Cleveland was able to run the ball on them too. I mean, there were multiple times where it was third and two, three, four, and the Ravens just lined up and ran halfback dive right down their throat and got it. That's surprising. That's one where you wonder what's going on there. And again, I know it's the it's part of who the Ravens are, and that was kind of the answer that Logan Wilson, DJ Reader, some of the people I talked to after the game had to say, is you can't you know, given those spots, that's who they're gonna be. Um, but this is a team you're so you've been so used to seeing making the stops, getting the red zone stop, making the play down there. Instead, it was the Ravens finishing it out and and making the big plays when they had to, converting those third downs on that essentially game-clinching drive where they went up 27-17. You had three third downs you got them into. They ran it down your throat twice. One of them out of a second and 23 where they complete the 20-yard pass to Mark Andrews straight out of, out of the first play of the fourth quarter. That's brutal. This, this is a defense that doesn't allow the second half of games, right? Second half Bengals defense. It's been a thing. It's, it's been part of who they are. You know, you get them in the second and 23 and you give it up and then another third down and another third down. And then you have Nelson Aguilar one-on-one with Chidabe Wuzier and can't make the play. Great pass by Lamar. Great play. But you got to feel like you're going to win that. And, and you can't lose in those situations. So for that fact, you know, I, I think there's some concern on the defensive side of the ball, as far as what we're learning here as well. And, you know, DJ Reader after the game, you know, look, uh, this is, you got to go back to the drawing board. I don't think we've learned too much. We just lost twice, you know? I don't, I don't get a sense that there's, there's a lot of thought of, oh, they were 0-2 last year, they could do it again. Man, that's playing with fire. in your division, digging a hole like that. I mean, they had real magic last year to win 10 in a row, and they still weren't the number one seed. You you lose these early games. You've got Monday Night Football against uh, a Rams team that doesn't look like quite the pushover some might have thought. Tennessee with a win against the Chargers today. They're on deck. I mean, there's no easy week. And things got to get straightened out, and they got to get straightened out in a hurry. Um, and I think that's something 
that goes beyond the calf. And maybe it does. It is early. It is a long season. There is a long way to go. But, you know, it's, these, these are good teams. Cleveland and Baltimore are good teams. You're, you're allowed to lose games. This isn't going to be a, an overreaction. But there's a lot of issues on the table and a lot of things to wonder about. A lot of ways this team won in recent years that they're not showing early this week. All right, let's drop in and uh, and go for a couple uh, questions here, and, and I'll drop I'll drop them in. Uh, let's see here. Let's bring uh, Ben D up onto the stage here and uh, take a question. What do you got, Ben? Paul, you're always one for a very sober reflection after a game, which I think everyone in the room appreciates. And so I think what I appreciate it. I'm not often called sober, so I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, but I guess to take sort of the end of what you were saying there, just kind of listing stuff that may be of concern, like removing, obviously, the calf and anything that would impact Joe Burrow playing. What do you think, like, are the, like, in order of, you know, like, biggest concern to least concern, some of the trends that you, we've seen sort of get semi-established in week one and week two? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question, Ben. I appreciate it. And it's kind of some of what I'm kind of digging through right now to, to write about after the game. And I, you know, I think I start with this run defense and I know it's Nick Chubb and it's the Ravens and that's their strength. But, you know, so, so was a lot of things, you know, a lot of players, these guys went and they stuffed Nick Chubb last year. They shut down Derrick Henry in Tennessee, and that was their point of pride, right? Like, these great running backs and these great running games were getting nothing on them last year. They, they, they showed up. They had this mentality that they were going to out-physical people. They weren't going to get beat at the point of attack. Well, they got whipped at the point of attack today. That's a concern. And you wonder why. Like, what's different? And that's worth digging more into. It's the same guys. The continuity in the front seven is all there. We've got some new young pieces that are coming on in the background, but I mean, BJ Reader, BJ Hill, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson. I mean, that's, there's those guys. And, and I think along the same lines, where's the pressure? Where's the pressure? I mean, you're talking about no sacks, very little pressures. They are having to bring blitzes to even get Lamar off the spot a lot. You know, they had the penalty on Zach Carter wipes out the big play that they did. They were able to make. But this was a day where you're supposed to be taking advantage of Ronnie Stanley being out. I mean, you got some dude at left tackle. Taking advantage of some guy named Mustafa at center. Okay? Off the practice squad. You're supposed to be able to take advantage of that. And here they were not just shoving it down your throat in the run game, but keep it, letting Lamar stand back there and fire the ball down the field and get guys open and be able to throw to Zay Flowers, 52-yard. I mean, I'm surprised. It's, it's stunning to be sitting here and talking about this defensive line group, which we thought was so good and so deep, and be able to do so many things, being the ones that you're wondering what happened today. Um, and they fought last week, but that's one. I mean, that's certainly one where you're wondering. We talked about the pressure concerns. Are they going to get enough pressure this year? 
the interior in particular just didn't quite give them enough last year. They didn't bring in an explosive three technique. Kind of bet on Zach Carter, who had one really nice play today, by the way, to come in and be able to bring a little bit more, and, and that can help BJ Hill be better. It's it's not there so far. You're not seeing enough of that. Certainly not against a couple of backups that are out there, along with you know, uh, you know, an older Kevin Zeitler and, and guys like that. So I think. I think I look at that 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 area of the ball defensively, and and that's got to be a uh, part of the equation here. All right, let me go uh, next here and bring Elliot S uh, up onto the stage. Uh, Elliot, how are you doing? You with me? Maybe not. Maybe I, maybe I answered it already for you. Um, all right, I'm going to go down into the chat here. I, I I think there's a lot of talk about. You know where where the what this team can be. You asked Catherine B. Asked me how much responsibility you personally take for cursing the Bengals to be a Super Bowl prediction. I didn't want to do it in the first place, but again, that's part of this. This is a team that has real expectations, okay? And it feels, and I, and I know people want it to feel this way because you want to have reasons to blame. But I think there's some reality too. Like everything has just been about look once just get this team out on the field and it's just going to be ball game. There's too many good players. They're just going to win. And I think they've gotten smacked in the face with that attitude. Certainly this certainly this year and last year I felt like there was more technical things you could point to. The new line, right? was a disaster. They struggled so badly trying to get everybody on the same page, figure out how they work. Once they went to the gun run downhill stuff and made that mid-season adjustment, they were off and running. And maybe that's still to come and maybe there's something there. But I don't look at this as something that's new or that's causing major issues or or technical stuff. It's a lot of the same guys who all have long lines of success and it's just not going their way. And they faced a good Ravens team, but it, you're you're seeing a lot of the same players you expect to make plays, just not making plays. It's, there's not some new pieces or some new different way teams are attacking them or some big adjustment. It just feels like they've kind of gotten punched in the mouth a couple of weeks. And so I think that's concerning. Yeah, sure, I'll blame myself. Why not? I'm always down for blaming myself a little bit. Um, Scarlett C says this coaching staff seems passive. They have completely given up on the big play on offense. Now defense can't finish. Does someone need to kick a few garbage cans? This is not, that's not what you're going to get here from this coaching staff. They've had success adjusting on the fly. They've had success keeping the team together. I don't think screaming and yelling and anything to do with garbage cans. Um, although it does make me think about Pac-Man Jones and the uh, throw you in there at the garbage can after the, uh, after the Browns game back in the day. One of my favorite post-game moments. That's the only thing I can think about with garbage cans. I don't think this has anything to do with anger or kicking stuff or screaming and yelling. I, I really, that's, it's about just figuring out how to be better, getting back in there, staying together, and letting positivity and an even keel carry the day. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some people that are going to be pushed and, you know, put on notice or whatever 
But I just I do think you have to believe in your roster. You have to believe in what you've built. You have to believe that the culture thing that has been such a big part of runs the last two seasons can be part of what carries you through here. And that's what you need. It's when you rely on that stuff, the, the continuity of, of knowing that guys will react the right way to this is what you have to bank on. It's what they've banked on in the past and what's helped pull them out and what they're going to have to bank on now. Um, and in terms of, you know, the aggressiveness on offense, I mean, teams like the Ravens and the Browns, go look at the splits, and I'll have to pull these out for you guys in tomorrow's story. The splits of the Bengals um, against the Ravens and Browns, and even throw the Steelers in there, although they've kind of moved, they've kind of had their way with the Steelers more so than the other two. They've been the toughest against them in the last few years, consistently. The division knows you. They know they're not what these other teams get antsy and they, they jump out of their, the zones and they, they, they get themselves into trouble spots where the Bengals can take advantage of matchups and, and the teams in your division don't do that because they just know better. They know you too well. They know their own players too well. They've seen them fail in too many spots, uh, where they're able to be, taken advantage of by Burrow and these receivers and what have you. And I think you've seen a little bit of that through the first two weeks too. Is particularly tough opponents on this Bengals team and one red zone pick. And they, they get the special teams play today, which is a game changer. Um, that should have been enough. How different is this game if you don't get the illegal hands to the face on Zach Carter that takes away the the strip sack and recovery down inside the red zone. How different is this game if Burrow doesn't throw a red zone pick? Is get one red zone pick all of last year, throws one today, you lose by three. These are the plays. They're close plays. It's close games. You know, that's the way it's going to be in this division. They're going to look like this. I think there's enough positives to not feel like the world is melting. Um, and know that, hey, just back to it, a few tweaks of this not calves, uh, but a few things there and you can get right back on the right track. Um, I'll keep going down the line here and try to get a few more in. Um, Joan W, you really think the O-line protected pretty well. You seem pressured in pocket quickly collapsing way more than it should be with this new O-line. I will say this. I'm going off of, I, I thought it was fine. He got sacked once. Um, and they were raving. Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow both raving about the line after the game. Um, thinking that they really protected well. He thought they were, I think the word incredible was used. And not that they wouldn't say nice things about the line, but they don't typically go over the top just for the sake of going over the top. It felt genuine. Um, that's another one to go back and kind of review some pressure percentage stuff. And But, you know, it, it was the point where Burrow had that little jump and run out of the pocket. So that's the first time Burrow's left the pocket all day. And he, and he hadn't been getting hit a bunch or had to work the pocket a ton. I felt like he was able to stand back there a little bit more. This is not a fierce, super fierce Ravens pass rush. They had their moments back there. There's no question. Um, but I didn't feel like it was a disaster. Last week felt like a disaster. Last week felt like a disaster and that they didn't really have many answers. Um, and that's part of it. Um, 
Let's see here. Let's see. The last one from Sam. Okay, if it took six weeks to rehab before this, has to be a six, six and ten minimum. We're 0-2, no wins in sight with Browning as QB. We might need to consider our future before the trade deadline. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, Sam. It's all right. It's all right. I'm not I'm not here to say that they are or are not gonna go six and ten or whatever. I'm just saying I, I think considering our future before the trade deadline today might be a step too far. Okay. But maybe a step too far. Still a long way to go. Um, again, I, I think that it's not great. There's a lot to work on, but throw a red zone pick, give up a bunch of rushing yards in this division, and you're going to lose. Um, I, I think you got to, at a certain point, you do have to believe in the roster riding itself, but you know, it, it gets late quick. Monday Night Football all of a sudden has gone from something very, some very fun. Uh, here come the Rams Super Bowl rematch. Let's have some fun on Monday Night Football. To you better win this one. You can only go the wrong direction for so long. You can only talk about slow starts for so long. You can only talk about being in the division for so long. And so Monday Night Football against the Rams feels very worthy of prime time because the stakes for week three are going to be very large when you consider this was supposed to be now granted two tough games in division this run here rams titans arizona these were seattle these are supposed to be games that a team with this type of continuity and this type of talent is supposed to make hay and get off to that start that they want and put themselves in position. Now you're wondering if they're going to take themselves out of position. Long way to go, but certainly the intensity will be ratcheted up and the importance will be ratcheted up next week. All right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, hopping into the live room. This, of course, will be archived up uh, as, as the Walkout Podcast. Keep it locked to the athletic. We have our sale going on. Make sure you get in $1 a month for the next year. Um, you're all in this live room, so you know how good of a deal we try to make that be. I certainly work as hard as I can to make it a great deal for you. Thanks for listening. Hang in there. Hang in there, people. Long way to go. Uh, but keep it locked here, and we'll let you know, obviously, everything we can gather on Joe Burrow's calf and where that goes from here, which really, for everything we just talked about, so much of it's going to be about that, is it not? So we'll keep you locked in. Have a good one, everybody.